episode 39 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. Uh, you're joining us, myself, Chris, and my co-host in the queues, Tom, to my right, your left, in the purple Hello. cube. How are you doing, Mr. Tom? I am very good, thank you, Mr. Chris. And below <laughs> Mr. Tom, we have Mr. Richie. Hello there. Mr. Richie. Uh, These aren't our actual surnames. They, they, <laughs> they are, yes. We don't have surnames online. It's just it's either gamer tags, monikers, nicknames, uh, the man or of Mr. many first pixels, <laughs> Mr. First Name, uh, Mr. Mr. Location, Mr. Man from the Purple Cube, whatever it may be. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is where we basically talk about names and naming conventions and other yeah. stuff like Orpheus <laughs> and Gods and podcast. Monsters. It's the name podcast. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it is the Sounds of Stadia podcast, episode 39. Uh, we bring you the latest gaming news and Stadia-specific news from around the world of gaming. And uh, we kind of lay it out on the table for about an hour or so's worth of chat where we uh, bring you our thoughts, our ideas, and our hot takes on uh, all the excitement that Stadia brings to the table using the power of the cloud. Um, this week, episode 39, we've got quite a busy, busy week. We've got some huge, huge announcements. We've got some leaks. We got some uh, big reveals. We got some lack thereof of news as well, which it wouldn't be steady if we didn't uh, not hear about stuff going on with the big boys and we were just left to the side playing with our little flat uh, flat football. Um, but I just wanted to address something. Tom, your hair's looking mighty sharp. Oh, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, we had a, an extra we had a, time this weekend yeah, doing it. Yeah, we had a bit of a trim. It, actually, I've just realised mm. you're not wearing headphones. That's what it is. Nah, you, your, your head's am... looking a lot more heady. A little, a little less, a little less this, and yes. a bit more this. Yeah. yeah, it's a little less buff on the side, right. isn't it? It may be yeah, that. It may just that. be that. But uh, yeah, no, looking... I'm, um, I'm, I'm trialing out this week of actually having the speakers playing the sound. Um, I've got it turned down, so hopefully the microphone's not getting any feedback with it. But um, just because I'm starting to pack everything away now, this is, um, this is essentially the last podcast before the PC goes into storage. So it's going to be like, <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm going to do without it. <laughs> yeah. so if, if you're watching our content over the next week or so and you're wondering where Tom is we don't know, he's in the nether right he's here <laughs> but he, will, he will return I will return. He'll be lost somewhere return. in the world of Elder Scrolls no doubt, somewhere somewhere, somewhere. and the great thing with Stadia is you can play it while everything is packed away, you just need a, hey. a portable device of some sort with a Chrome browser and you are good to go um, damn you iOS <laughs> almost, it'll be on its way it'll be on its way maybe by the time you moved in it'll have been out maybe by uh, July 14th maybe fingers crossed maybe. <laughs> heading ahead um, we do have a little bit of housekeeping this week for everybody as you know we've been very very busy in trying to roll out these stadia specific content so just a few bullet points to run you through we had uh, chapter 5 episode 5 of our Road to Valhalla series dropped uh, this past Thursday uh, myself and Richie jumped back in with Cassandra to the ancient world of Greece and uh, explored some more cultists we killed some more enemies we uh, went on the search of our very own uh, Odyssey adventure but again very very fun um, we figured out the latency issue so Richie was no longer watching on yep. like a, a two minute time delay so his reactions were more in the moment uh, thank you to everyone in the chat who joined as well we had an absolute blast so check that out if you're not already uh, remember it is story specific we're not just doing random side quests it is very uh Kind of the fat has been trimmed off that uh, Greek bar. Nice and streamlined indeed. Um, Richie, your penultimate episode dropped. Yes, what? I've lost words, so we're very close to the end now. So well, The I end is in sight. Go watch it. 
Go watch it. The end is indeed in yeah. sight. Um, you two also this week jumped in with uh, some some would say questionable outfits <laughs> of choice for our <laughs> for an Elder Scrolls Let's Play. Tom was just in yeah. pajamas. Yeah, it's just just what I wear. It's just a casual casual evening for me. Yeah. Uh, I did I did joke about the the lack of he- I mentioned the lack of headphones. Maybe it was the lack of Elfies that was throwing yeah. me off a little bit. Maybe, maybe. I could go I, grab them the just over there. <laughs> the question is, Tom, are the Elfies the last thing you pack away in terms of priorities? Uh, they're they're going to be in in one of the uh, they're going to be at the top of one of the boxes, so they're easily accessible. I think they they always need to be on call just in case. Just I always feel like you should have done this podcast in that outfit. Oh man! Sure. One day, one day, we'll we'll have one some day. we'll have some yeah. fancy reasons to uh, rock up in outfits, no doubt, at some point. Um, we also had a reaction video go live on uh, th- Friday morning to us in the UK because the EA yes, picked and, uh, a delightfully hours of the morning. a delightfully scheduled time of midnight UK time. But myself and Richie stayed awake. To be fair, so did Tom. You stayed awake in the chat as yeah. well to see what EA had to offer in terms of Stadia, and we'll talk about that in the news this week. But go check that out if you want our live reactions to the EA Play Live. Um, as always, we are partnered with the Stadia UK Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Google Stadia UK group. Um, they've recently merged the Discord chat as well. So they've took, um, in the UK, we've got a couple of different groups, as everything with the internet, there's multiple versions of everything. And uh, they've, they've, they've allied up, they've uh, combined their power, their strength, and, re- and united like the United Kingdom is well known for. Like the Megazord from the Power <laughs> yeah. Rangers. It's a Megazord of um, Discord groups. Discord groups indeed. But uh, head over there, there's uh, hundreds of people in the chat. And again, if you're a like-minded gamer and you're a really big, passionate fan about Stadia, uh, head over to there for some, uh, for some witty banter and gaming talk as well. And uh, the final piece of housekeeping news, I know there's been a couple of things on this. We, are, we have been quite busy. Is uh, this Tuesday? We've got a, a special kind of reveal stream. Uh, Tom, do you want to tell us a, the little bit that you are allowed to say about this stream? A little bit of what I'm allowed to say. Uh, yes. So um, it's become public information as of as of this past week, and so that uh, the Wave Break, the, uh, the the title by Funktronic Labs that we've all been excited for since the previous Stadia Connect is coming out on June the 23rd. Uh, it'll be coming out at 6 p.m. UK time, which I think works out to 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, but we will be going live at 6 p.m. with the game at the point of release right there. So definitely come by and check it out. We may have some surprises in store for you, but we cannot say anything more than that. You've got to be there at the time of release in order to actually see what happens. Be there. Oh, be there. And if, <laughs> if you enjoy 80s synth pop, uh, I was going to say jet skiing, but it's not, is it? Is it wave it's jet skis. It's jet skiing. Jet skis. It's skates. Tony Hawk's meets jet skis. It's not. It's yeah. a Twitter account said skateboating. And that's why I was boating. trying to think of like it was its own sport. Um, I did see it was uh, funny. They tweeted out saying the world's first skateboating game. And someone replied to them saying, uh, there's already been skateboarding games. And all the comments on it, we just read it again, read it again, read it again. It didn't say skateboarding. <laughs> a proper facepalm moment. Uh, yeah, that I was is, like, okay, it? okay. I can't okay. believe I did that on the internet. Uh, how, I did have a laugh. How would you like just assume that like a development company is never head of a game, a skating game. <laughs> naive, like, naive enough yeah. to just be like, I'm oh. interested in skateboarding. Yeah. I wonder if there's any games out there. Nope, I'll make one. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Hawk's, that's just about falconry, right? Yeah. <laughs> something, like, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so check out that on Tuesday. It's going to be very, very fun. And uh, it's live. It's, it's, it's kind of well 
world reveal as well. So uh, we're excited. World premiere. Yeah. <laughs> world premiere. I, did, I said that a few yeah. times during the EA Play. Um, but yeah, so quite a busy week going forward. We probably inevitably will have another Assassin's Creed stream somewhere in there as well. So keep it locked to our page. If you don't, if you haven't already, like the video down below. It it, uh, it means a lot to us. And uh, if you click subscribe, more importantly though, you are kept in the loop with all this news. So over time, I won't need to give you a rundown of all of our housekeeping week in week out because you'll already know it because you click that little bell down below. So go do it. Help a, help a brother out. Uh, and it really helps us uh, grow the channel and bring you more content. So it's very much appreciated. Uh, we also have, speaking of support and uh, content as well, we've got a massive, massive Patreon shout out to two of our newest patrons this week. We've got uh, Michael, not to be confused with the other Michael in the group. Again, we'll keep your surname secret for now. Keep it secret, keep it safe. And uh, we've got Tom as well. Not Tom to my right, your left. Uh, that would be a bit odd if he was just, uh, I suppose, actually, if you donate to yourself, you're just kind of charging yourself tax, right? <laughs> for for unnecessary yeah, reasons, loop of financial <laughs> decline. <laughs> Slowly chip away at your own finances by self-support. Um, yeah, but a massive, massive thank you to to you guys out there. We've got a growing Patreon um, support, and it's it's it really does warm our hearts when we see people subscribe. Uh, when you leave your comments and questions for the show, so if, if you, again, if you do want to head over patreon.com forward slash sounds of Stadia, uh, where essentially you can write into the show with your topic suggestions, questions for the podcast, you can jump in and play games with as well. And we've got a couple of different tiers starting as low as 78 British pence and one uh, dollar for those of you stateside. So go check it out if you're a big fan of our content, we'd love your support. Uh, and we do this as a hobby, but uh, any extra generosity is hugely, hugely appreciated. So thank you very much. Less than one of these. Less than one of these. Wow, I haven't actually seen oh, I love that. physical like... <laughs> money in so long. Physical currency for quite some time. I can't get the focus on that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Tom is holding up a one pound coin for those uh, who are listening. Yeah, sorry, audio ones. listeners. Yeah. What does a one pound coin sound like, Tom? What does it sound like? If it was to make a noise like a Pokemon, what would it sound like? <laughs> what? <I don't... laughs> Someone needs to get some more sleep. Flabbergasted. I've had plenty Let's of sleep. Do that. I wasn't staying <laughs> up playing The Last of Us till the early hours of the morning. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. That's uh, spoiler free territory and also PlayStation territory. So we'll keep yeah. it in focus and lock to Stadium News by getting the ball rolling with uh, Tom. What are we waiting for? We're going to jump into the super sexy special Stadia story segment, aka. The, the news. news. <laughs> Lovely, beautiful, aka the news indeed. Uh, right off the bat, let's come out swinging. We've got some massively exciting news for you all this week in the world of Stadia specifically. In amongst this summer of game fests, um, summer game show. I can't think what the other names are now. Ubisoft forwards, EA Play Live events, indie showcases, um, sounds yeah, of Stadia summer podcasts, of gaming, summer game fest. Yeah. What possibly more could you want added into the mix? I'll tell you what we want. I don't know, Chris. What we really, really want. <laughs> we want... <laughs> I don't know why I went there. That's terrible. I do need more sleep, it turns out. Or do I just need more spice in my life? Um, what we've really got is a Stadia Connect was announced. Another Stadia Connect, the long-awaited return, is coming... 14th of July, boys and girls. Yeah, baby. 14th of July. <laughs> now, obviously, there's not much to say about this for now. It's just a date and a location. However, what this means is, one, you're going to get some predictions from us closer to the time. We're going to theorize and put our tinfoil hats on, our hopes and dreams. Will they come true or will they be dashed on the 14th of July? We will find out. Um, gentlemen, excited for this? Uh, yeah, Wait. I think the thing I'm most excited... 
happy about is actually that we know the date in advance, which is something I've been critical of Google over with date with dates between games and conferences, not knowing when they're going to turn up and then suddenly they're there. Shadow so now, drop. This 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 yeah. Given us this date, right? Basically, one month in advance. But now means people aren't going to be speculating when it's going to come mm-hmm. and getting there in their heads going, oh, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be next week, definitely going to be next week, then getting annoyed when it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, I just got to echo, echo what Richie said pretty much there. We've got a month's notice on this this time rather than perhaps a week or two yeah. weeks I think we had last time. So at least it gives us time as a community to prepare, to speculate, to look at what's going on in the news right now and to sort of just generate hype about it. Um, one thing I think that the Stadia team does need to improve on is this repetition 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 sort of thing like if you if you're aware that people don't know things if you're aware that people are unaware repeat it like if they get it out with notice a month in advance they can do it every week essentially and just say reminder uh, connect coming 14th of july 14th of july 14th of july and then bam here it is you get you get more publicity that way i think as well um but super excited for it really looking forward to seeing what games come um as i'm I'm hoping it's going to be an event when we actually find out some new titles that are coming to stadia um some potentially unannounced and perhaps even a sneak peek at some of the uh the first party ip that could be coming in the distant future Mm. see i'm leaning more towards i want to see information about some of the features that were announced at GDC 2019 that are yet to be fully implemented. I think this could be the time to go, right, this stuff that were promised before, it's he's the, he's the timelines on it. Uh, obviously, if you see first party IP, great, but I'm not expecting that. Yeah, so my my guess would be, I or my hope I should say, is that they keep it game focus. We've all watched conferences before where they get too tech heavy. I, I understand I think Richie what you're saying is in terms of the features that they promise, I think they could maybe just have a, a quick like kind of fire round segment where they just say, Here's uh share play coming, here's this and, and maybe in entwine it in with the game. So like a game that's maybe due for announcement or release that showcases that feature reveal the game alongside the feature and kind of go with that. I don't want like a ten minute ten minutes of this connect focused on Hi, I'm Phil Harrison, sat in my bedroom with a really poor green screen. Let me talk to you about XYZ. It doesn't really it doesn't really fan the flames of excitement. Whereas a, a nice kind of sleek, he's a feature, he's a feature, he's a feature. We promise them they're all out and they're live now, for example. Um, that would be really, really good. In terms of... Um, sorry. I was going to say, I think one thing that we should sort of hope for as well is if you take a look at the Xbox Series X games reveal event and the the PS5 uh, reveal right there, you could see a stark contrast between like, here's a bunch of Xbox people in their bedrooms currently sitting at home in isolation. Yeah, I, I get that sort of like homely and it's sort of like um, showing that we are human too and that everyone's sort of in the same situation. But Sony came out guns blazing with the professionalism the of the way they recorded. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, I think, I mean, even again, if we look back at the the Destiny reveal um, for the upcoming expansions, the way that was done, that was you know professional, but also still sort of humbling in a way. The way it was all set up. Um, I'd really like to see Stadia um, and Google essentially come out here with something that still is very professional. Because if you think about the clout that they have in the global marketplace, 
they should really try to maintain that brand image as well when they go forward with it. And I think that's going to be something to watch for in particular, because I think that can sort of set up expectations or impressions, I should say, about a service and about a company um, going forward too. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. I think if you look at the Sony conference, one thing I thought they did well is they had these incredible production values throughout, but occasionally it would go down to someone's, like a developer's office of the developers just talking about his game before they showed the trailer. So you had that mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, in terms of the, the, the polar contrast, I think, PlayStation delayed their event and they pushed it back and they, they kind of kept their cards very, very close to the chest. Um, but yeah, Tom, you're completely right in saying like the production value of the PS5 reveal event was on a, on another level. Like They put every kind of segue sequence scene, like transition to the next part was... It was unique, it was different, it was meticulously done. The way they utilised the, their sacred symbols kind of um, logos was, was phenomenal. It was just, it, it almost like showcased the the extra polygons we expect to see in next gen. Uh, floating around, moving objects, squares going into circles and, and vice versa. And with the music in the background, it just all brought like that, that high, high expectation level of professionalism that you really do expect. And... I think doing stuff from like your bedroom and home, it's very, it's very heartwarming and it shows that everybody's human and it does bring a certain element to it. But when we're talking about technology, Apple have done it for years where they go for that sleek, clean image and it does so well to drive home the message of we are big, we are full of money, we are important and you want this tech. And what bit will make tech look better than showcase sleek, curvy edges, sharp designs, bright, colourful design? And uh, I think, yeah, Google have their money to do it and uh you can't tell me they can't hire a few artists just pull something together that isn't just a a shoddy green screen outline i mean tom you did green screen for the elder scrolls video last week looks smooth and sharp as anything if i must say um they have a lot more money than you i'll I'll put it put i'll lay down that gauntlet no offense but i'm gonna say google have a lot more money than all of us combined will ever own probably in our entire lifetimes yeah Um, definitely I, That's true. I do expect big things, but more importantly, I do hope there's a focus on games. And uh, we said, I think, yeah. uh, between ourselves privately, when they announced this event, they there's no need for them to do it unless they have something to say. So yeah. my hope is that they have something big to say, whether it's just a flood of games, it's some newer titles. That's what that's what my fingers are crossed for. Yeah, I think a lot of it, the neat thing about is expectation um, of what this Kinect is going to be. I think I'd like actually the Kinect to go to almost like a monthly thing where once a month they do it. And in that case, it doesn't need to be this massive overproduced production. But if you want this to be your temple, this is where we can drop out big news. That's when you do need to crank up the like the production values to make sure you have this awesome show. If it's just a monthly news drop, but at the moment, I don't know what they want the connect to be. Yeah, it's... I feel like there should be two separate things, though. Um, I think that yeah. they should certainly have like a an annual or biannual event where they do big announcements akin to the E3 presentations and so on. Um, and, but I do, I do, I completely agree with you. I think they should have a, a monthly sort of update as well. So whereas we get like the weekly updates um, this week on Stadia type events, um, it would be nice to also see almost like a, a, a developer's update or like a, a Stadia update video every every month and also use it as an opportunity to really sort of remind us as well of what's coming and is there any new information on when it's coming kind of thing too. Yeah, big, yeah, big things. 
Mm. I don't think it'd even be that difficult because they have the weekly blog post. So you're basically going to take that information, add some more upcoming stuff, maybe yeah. an occasional developer interview, yeah, and then it and piece it together. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. We're definitely excited mm. for it. It's uh, definitely something we're going to give you some predictions. I kind of hope it's maybe not once a month. Otherwise, we're just going to be just giving predictions out left, right, and center every <laughs> every three weeks on the bat. Um, but speaking of things coming soon, or should I say not coming soon, the second news star of the week, once again, Cyberpunk 2077 has been pushed back ever closer to the year 2077. Um we theorised and we talked and we joked and we mourned about the delay and such um, because obviously a delay to Cyberpunk on most platforms, we can now, it, it, while it's fresh in our minds, theorise, does this mean another delay yet again to Stadia or does it bring things in line with each other finally? What are your thoughts mm. on this one? So uh, they came out with a big yellow announcement as they like to do on the Twitter page. And uh, essentially, it's been pushed back from September 17th to November 19th, which may be a little date that's familiar with you two guys. It was a, a little startup company launched their uh, new cloud gaming platform, Google Stadia, back on November 19th. Um, but relevant for this chat, Cyberpunk, guys, what does this mean for Stadia? And what do we think about these constant delays? This is the well, third one right now for this game? Yeah. I'll, I'll tackle the delays first with a single, single quote from um, Shigeru Miyamoto. A delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is bad forever. We've said I that before about the 77. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't mind them delaying the game. And they've stated in, in their statement that um, they're delaying the game because it's not ready yet. Fine, mm. take your time. Get it right. I think in the announcement they said the game is ready but they said because of the size of it, they want to polish it. They want to make sure it is absolutely what we would come to expect of CD Projekt Red. So I think it's important to just differentiate between that a little bit there. Well, yeah, Sorry to jump on that. <laughs> yeah, I would argue that if you're saying the game isn't at the level where you want to release it yet, even if it is ready, then it's not ready if it's not meeting oh, your ready ready it's ready yeah. but it's not ready ready yeah, oh yeah it, I, it, it, it's the game is there it's completed you can play it. it's probably a very good experience but it's not at their their level of quality yeah. that they expect from themselves so mm -hmm. yes yeah, yeah that's it's, why it's, i'm saying not ready it's edible but it could do with a little bit longer in the oven just to crystal yeah you don't want you don't want your chicken to be raw <laughs> certainly not certainly not um so in in terms of then stadia obviously last week's episode was uh, last week's or the week before was massively focused on we we unearthed and duncan the team over at stadia source unearthed that uh the delay uh not before the delay sorry cyberpunk was never coming day and date with stadia the original the the delay that happened earlier in the year pushed everything back which in turn knocked stadia back and there was a bit of an uproar in the community due to lack of news and, and many many other things but here we are again does this give them enough time this is an additional two months now so if you think back to the previous question they said it would be out on stadia by the end of the year and Richie, we've theorised, I think, off chat that this being uh, released now on the November 19th date gives them probably, what, five and a bit weeks until the end of the year. And as a business, you're surely not going to drop your game anytime on or around the 25th of December. It's going to be before that, which shortens the window down to about four weeks, which my big question is... Is there any point in delaying it by four weeks on Stadia? Surely you can tighten that up to just day and date at that point. Again, not a developer, but yeah. 
As Thoughts. is Theorise, I think it was episode, I want to say 36, when we covered it. Um, what I theorised at the point there was that they're going to finish the game on the other platforms and then port it through to Stadia. And this might be why it's not day and date. Because if you're doing that, then it doesn't really matter how many delays you have. That part of the workflow is always going to be at the end. I mean, it's entirely possible they might now go because port it over to Stadia and then release all four like on all platforms simultaneously, but it's entirely possible that you'll see the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 5, Xbox, Xbox Series X, PC version come out, and then it might even be a day, it could anywhere be anywhere from a day to a couple of weeks, we have no idea. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that I think are really interesting to take from that point there, and I think, number one, the date, as you've said before, November 19th, one year anniversary from the release of Stadia. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, wouldn't it be nice as a one-year birthday present so to speak to, to to google right there to say okay yeah it's it's now coming on that point there obviously again this is all speculation we have nothing to go by on this it's purely just us theorizing based on dates and so on and, and news as it is it would be very nice to get it on november 19th and i'm still quite hopeful because as you said it gives them a couple of extra months and when we were told cyberpunk is coming by the end of the year to stadia this seems more around the ballpark that I was actually expecting in terms of a date for it. Um, so that has me a little bit more optimistic about the potential release that it's coming day and date. The second part of that from my own personal perspective is we've said before on the show that we've sort of felt like how long are you willing to wait before, like you say, right, I'm just going to get it on current gen. November 19th, I think, is this sort of date where potentially I would be willing to wait a couple of weeks, No, not really wanting to go into December to actually get it. So I wonder, and this is where I get my tinfoil hat a little bit here, is I wonder whether Google, after the semi sort of uproar that we had in the Stadia community of saying what's going on, like why aren't we getting it, I wonder if the Stadia team or, or somebody higher up at Google may have potentially spoken to CDPR and sort of said, is there any possibility? <laughs> but this is like massive conspiracy theory stuff here. I wouldn't say there's any sort of weight to it whatsoever. The other element I would say to it is November 19th, in my personal thoughts, and I want to get your, your takes on this as well, gents, that seems around about the same sort of time that I expect next gen to release prior to December, ready for the holiday season. We know already from press releases that um, CD Projekt Red have said anybody who buys Cyberpunk on current gen will be able to upgrade it for free on next gen. So you get the next gen version for free there. But is this a timed release to basically say, okay, next gen is coming early to mid-November, we're going to launch the game at the same point, so it's a launch title on Series X and PS5. And those people who don't get the console day one, they might get it for Christmas, so then they upgrade at that point, then they get the game for free as it is meant to be played. So maybe this is as it is meant to be played on next gen, not current gen. What's your take on that? Well, I kind of hope that's true because then you might get the next gen experience on Stadia as well rather than the current gen experience. Yes. That's, well, yeah. But I think it does it make sense if you're going to push something to late in the air when a new console is about, new consoles are about to come out, 
then yeah, it makes sense to market this as a launch title. He's this awesome game you've been looking forward to, and by the way, you can get it on the new thing. Imagine if the current gen had released with The Witcher 3, like, mm. at release. Like, yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, granted, yeah. Witcher's exploded so much more since the Netflix series, but they're still diehard fans. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, um, it's... I mean, coincidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely some interesting dates. I think if I think back to the launch of this current generation of, of, uh, of hardware, we had PlayStation November 15th, we had Xbox One launch on November 22nd, of 2013, so within a week of each other. This, you're right, li- rightly to, uh, to suspect, Tom, I would guess next-gen PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X are out, if not imminent, on and around this date, which I don't think CD Projekt Red really care about the whole, you're going to buy this game regardless in some way, shape, or form. So with the whole smart delivery, forwards, um, compatibility and stuff, all that kind of conversation has been going on, this delay just kind of knocks that compatibility window to such a short time period, I fully expect everyone to be playing next gen by then. It does lead my curiosity to think if Stadia did some kind of Gen Two Stadia announcement and up their thing, would that once again bring everything nice and tight towards what you said, Richie, which is us playing the the next gen the the, the way they want it to be played? Why port something to all the Stadia when you can just double down and bring everything to the the, the top performance level it can possibly reach? Um, it gives me a ray of hope. It does really think that an extra, an additional two months, so close to the end of the year, gives them that opportunity window. Like you said, Tom, the, from the statement, the game is, is finished now. They're just doing polish. So surely, rather than just doing polish, it would make business sense to put some of your team onto the port to Stadia, if that is, in fact, what it ends up being. Yeah. I want to sort of um, also support your point there a little bit as well with Stadia Gen 2 potentially, like the, the hardware upgrade that's supposedly rumoured in the background or, or we know will hopefully eventually come. Um, Stadia need to be mindful of not selling the product as current gen. With us moving into next gen, I think they have to be very careful about not being assumed as current gen because that can very much deter people from getting into it as well, I think, with next-gen looming and with all of the news about new titles coming out and so on. So I think they should utilise the impending release of Cyberpunk 2077 as an opportunity to basically reinforce, we are here, this is what we can do in terms of the hardware forever. Yeah. Like, forever. It's all about yeah. that messaging, isn't it? Because we, we've mentioned infinite times on this show the, the barrier of entry. And the barrier of entry is going into potentially the biggest third-party game of the year, probably going to get many, many Game of the Year nods and, and nominations and such. Your barrier to playing this is you've got hardware that already exists in your house and a laptop, a Chromebook, a, a, a compatible phone, because maybe even I, iOS at that point, Tom. But more importantly, you want to play Cyberpunk this year, you simply need $60, £50, whatever that may be. And you can play it in high high graphic resolution and stuff without the need of dropping £500 on these new next-gen consoles or buying the game on your old hardware, which is going to probably explode the fan in your PlayStation or something otherwise. Barrier entry is huge, and this is the message that they need. You're right, they need to showcase that Stadia is ever-evolving, always the future and can keep up with these brand new expensive boxes that are going to start popping up in people's living rooms going into Christmas. Um, 
Especially with digital only editions too. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. yeah it does. Especially with that. Too. Um, I'm I'm excited. Uh, once again, I've said I, my intention was to always buy Cyberpunk on Stadia, but if they give me yet another delay, I, I mentioned to Richie as well. I think on um, on one of our Assassin's Creed streams that if they come out now and say, "Oh yeah, that kind of by the end of the year piece that we mentioned." The delay has knocked that back into 2021. My worry would be now saying 2021 gives them another 365 days of wiggle room to play with. And all of a sudden, as soon as it's 2021, coming 2021, I just feel like that gives them the the, the extra time to then push it back to April, then push it back to May, and then we end up getting it in like middle of summer 2021. I hope not. But I think it's that's more problematic no. for me for Stadia rather than CD Projekt Red. Oh yeah, it's not their problem. Game. But it, with Stadia, it's like now you're getting in. If you in that scenario, you're getting into January. Well, if it doesn't come in January, then you're February, and by that point, who's waiting till then? Yeah. When you've got probably a PlayStation sat downstairs, like yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't be. I'm willing to wait a couple of weeks to get it on where the platform I would prefer to play it. Yeah. But if I have to wait too long, I will play it on my PlayStation 4. I have no problems doing that. Yeah. It's going to be... I just hope it doesn't want one, one of them scenarios where we end up playing like the Witcher 3 Game of the Air edition for when you pick it up for like £14 on a Black Friday deal because it's so far delayed from the initial launch. <laughs> Everyone just buys the bundle with all the DLC and stuff included. Uh, I'm sure they'll send, sell Gangbus. And again, I'm super excited. I just hope we get... More importantly, due to communication, I'd like this message clearing up sooner rather than later that would be my uh my biggest shout to stadia right now the community team uh just give us an, an update on that message because again the the community is going to start uh, asking questions and if you don't answer them that's when they get the pitchforks out um yeah. speaking of pitchforks and uh anger towards massive conglomerate businesses uh me and richie reacted to ea play live 2020 this week and to our disappointment there was absolutely zero uh, Stadia announcements. Yeah. Um, they did tease us. <laughs> they did tease us a good couple of times. If anyone's not checked it out, uh, they they EA went through the process of bringing a lot of stuff over to Steam and over to Switch. Now both of those start with an S. So their tease within the show was, and we're really happy to announce it's coming to Steam. Don't yeah. worry though, we're really we're working really really hard on a part. It's also coming to Switch. And it was like it was just heartbreaking to just watch them reveals yeah. fold out in front of us, and it's like, oh, the way they hyped it up as well is bringing it to more platforms than ever before. Cross-platform, play with all of your friends on it. Your device of choice was their wording, so that just sounds like it's feeding into the Stadia uh, conversation. And it was red, red and white, and it was like, here we go, here we go. And yeah, unfortunately, the reveals left us uh, left us wanting, to yeah. say the least. It's. It was actually a, quite a massive reveal um, for non-Stadia fans, actually, because EA are now bringing a lot of things to Steam where they've historically moved away from the Steam platform because of their own Origin platform, which I think is pretty much universally held in disdain. <laughs> it's not a very good platform, and it looks like EA seem to have just like, gone, look, Origin's not working, let's just move back over to Steam, focus on the games rather than this digital storefront. Should have called it EA Odyssey. Brought out a second one. That was a little yeah. bit better than Origins. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a bit more terrible, anyway. terrible. The Odyssey Store. Joke, the Odyssey Store. That's actually quite a good name for a store. Um, yeah, but in terms, um, in terms of Go game announcements, adventure. then just to give you a rundown. So again, not Stadia specific, but we had uh, 
We had a bit of a showcase around The Sims, which Richie, you alluded to before the show started. Uh, we thought Sims would be fantastic for Stadia because it not only utilises how slow The Sims pretty much seems to run on most people's PCs, uh, but yeah. just the mouse and keyboard element. I, I have The Sims 4 on PlayStation, and it is shit on console. It runs slow. It's actually throwing that prediction out. Yeah, it, it's it's huge. Um, so that's, that's a really interesting take. Um, they showcase some EA original games as well, which are their indie-funded titles. Uh, we got, um, I want to say Joseph Fares is the guy who did uh, A Way Out. He's bringing a sequel, which is It Takes Two. Um, fuck the Oscars is what he, uh, he likes to say on his on his message to the world. Um, Lost and Random, which me and Richie uh, had, a, had a really lot of interest in. It's almost like a Timber and Esclamation adventure of a, of a little girl stuck in the world of random and she has a little companion called Dicey to go along with her. But it's very... I want a little push, Dicey. Yeah, it's got like a very Wallace and Gromit claymation feel to it, and uh, it love just the way they the use the one side of the dice as well as an eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, really interesting. Uh, we got a reveal of Rocket Arena, which is it seems like some kind of cross between Fortnite, Rocket League, and uh, Overwatch almost. Um, quite yeah, generic. It's a bit of a throwback. Didn't really. It's a bit of a throwback to the old like. Um, quake like quake arenas and unreal like unreal style like rockets but with that Fortnite art style i took from that yeah. um yeah again it's that. everyone's trying to appeal to these sort of like Fortnite gamers at the moment i feel with the art style and the way that things are performing um trying to make these hyper competitive games out of something that we sort of i would say it's on it was on the cusp of our experiences but perhaps like almost like the generation prior to us would have experienced in terms of gaming as well. Um, but, you know, again, if it works, it works. Brilliant. EA, EA clearly know their stuff. Yeah. I credit to anyone who enjoys it, but for me, I just looked at it and thought, oh, that's just, that, they just took, what, He's, this is, I can see how it goes, what if we take Overwatch and we take, we take Rocket League and we take Fortnite, these big games and just smash them together. I just feel like the FPS genre at the moment is just so, ugh. Like it, it doesn't feel like anything's original anymore. It's all like a like a, a an amalgamation of ideas. Like Amazon Game Studios released Crucible, and it fell through like 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 a wet bag of like trash. I saw nothing. It's just on that. it's just taking too many ideas from different things and trying to do something new with them. The only thing I've seen so far that actually may hold up was when, Richie, you and I were watching the indie showcase, The Escapist, yeah. and we saw Quantum uh, Quantum yes. League, I think it was called yeah. as well. Yeah. Quantum League. And that, again, art style was very similar to Rocket Arena. Like, they had very similar art styles, but the concept just seemed much mm. fresher. Well, I remember I was sat there thinking he's another Overwatch clone until they put in like the time, yeah, the quantum stuff for one of a better word. Just then he's got oh, that's interesting, that's new. Rocket Arena is just again, it's just another shooter, just focusing on rocket weapons, like heavy weapons. That yeah. that's it. It seems that's like all a, I yeah, got from it. it. Seems like a shallow pool, like from for my taste anyway. Like I, I probably, yeah, 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 I'm sure yeah. the 15 year old Chris would have loved that. But my yeah, like attention span wise, I'm just yeah, it's not really for me. It, it could sell incredibly well, but because I can also see being a massive flop. It really depends yeah, if I, the kids, if the people, the kids that they're aiming at are looking at it, going, yeah, I'll move on to that from um, Fortnite. But if it doesn't get into that lexicon, nah, you're done. Nah, like, won't happen. Won't happen. Um, we also had some. Like 
brief reveals for FIFA 21 and Madden 21. They didn't really show any gameplay, which I suppose when they were catering towards a US audience, uh, I can't imagine FIFA would have been top of the priority list. Uh, Madden didn't really show much off as well. It was more of like a cinematic cutscene of like different elements. But again, excited when they come out. We know FIFA is coming to Stadia. Um, so which is no doubt going to be day and day for the new season starting that makes sense uh, we got the second ever skateboarding game announced skate uh, is coming off the back of wave break <laughs> uh, later on as well um, big huge for people who were skateboarding fans obviously we've got Tony Hawk's uh, remasters coming um, so skate did either of you two ever play skate back in the day yeah I used to play a lot of skate um, skate 2 skate 3 in particular um, used to play actually with quite a few friends from school it was sort of our, our thing to do on the Xbox 360. Um, but yeah, I mean, I miss the days of, I mean, I, I, I'm super hyped at the moment because we've got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remastered coming out, which is fantastic. And, and now we've got another skateboarding um, like legacy essentially mm-hmm. coming back with the title Skate as well, which was a much more um, simulator-esque experience of skating, skateboarding rather than Tony Hawk's, which was very sort of like, you know, crazy Happy. tricks and... Yeah, a bit, little bit wacky, but still a hell of a lot of fun. So is this like so, the Gran Turismo yeah. of skateboarding as opposed to the Need for Speed arcade of Tony Hawk? Yeah, I probably wouldn't stretch as far as Gran Turismo. <laughs> not, that, not that precise. <laughs> yeah. It's not like first-person skateboarding where all you're doing is looking at your feet and looking up. And... Yeah, it's pitched as the more serious skating game. Yes. Tony yeah. Hawk. Tony Hawk is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We also got a, a huge gameplay look at Star Wars Squadrons, which I am hyped for. The trailer was amazing. Oh they showed off some gameplay. They said it can all be played in VR, which I own PSVR. Um, we were hoping it was going to be the next big Stadia <laughs> game announcement. Now, I I hope this doesn't mean they're going to do a Jedi Fallen Order on us and the next Connect. The reveal is and Star Wars Squadrons is coming to Stadia. I hope that's not their big final reveal. I think that's a bit disappointing, that news that just becomes part of an event, then gets segmented off, and that's the big announcement for the Stadia Connect is. And our final EA game is Squadrons. It's like, great, you could have just told us that last week when you said every other platform, and now we've had four weeks to be pissy about it not coming to Stadia. The reveal for that game's already happened. Yeah, exactly. It should have been day and date with that. It's almost at least yeah, it was a slap in the face. It's really. a bit of taste when it says all platforms. Um, same kind of with some other games. So we're, we're we're big on Star Wars. We'll talk about Squadrons, no doubt, throughout the course of it if it's roll up to launch. If we find out it's coming to Stadia, um, dogfighting and X wings, U wings, Y wings, Tie fighters and stuff. Who doesn't want that as a Star Wars fan? Looks amazing and beautiful. Criterion and that EA Frostbite engine. Mwah, looks absolutely mm. gorgeous there was a moment where they were just coasting across like shooting across the front of a star destroyer and i just thought wow yeah. i could i can in vr in particular i just thought I that would be so so cool yeah. we're talking about dream realization stuff here where you can effectively feel like you're sat in the cockpit of an x-wing yeah 100 yeah. percent. like if they if they brought out a vr headset that was an x-wing pilot helmet and then you got to play that oh. in VR. Like the VR um, Star Wars Battlefront 1 had an X-Wing mission where you flew around an asteroid and you shot down some TIE fighters and stuff. And it was, it, was, it was everything the child version of me could have dreamed with when growing up with Star Wars. Yeah, give me that X-Wing or that TIE fighter squadron helmet with VR built in. And blast just put the me shield. In there. Yeah, blast the shield down. Oh, and that's that would just be phenomenal. He switched off his targeting computer. <laughs> I don't need it. I've got my game pad controller <laughs> all my move joysticks ready to go. Use the force. This is what needs to happen. <laughs> Oculus need to partner up with Google and make that happen. 
you never know the power of the cloud um, but then finally our kind of topic that I want to bring us on to mostly when it comes to EA Play is the, the reveal for Apex Legends so me and Richie we've dabbled in Apex Legends a little bit Tom I don't know if you've played yourself amongst uh, your other friends quite a fair bit actually fair bit. Yeah. excellent Re- amazing game very quick sharpshooter the ping system the, the, the teams of three very action oriented super fast takes a lot of uh, uh, titanfall action and kind of amalgamates it into a, a shooter um, amazing the big tease reveal was it's coming to Nintendo Switch and Steam Steam not Steam not Steam Stadia, Steam. Sorry for the podcast listeners for those really harsh S's there yeah. as well. I know it can pick yeah. up quite harshly. Now, that was that was a bit of a kick while we were down. We had no reveals of Stadia, and they kept teasing us with these uh, these S reveals. Um, it's not coming to Stadia, apparently. However, 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 after the show was on, um, our friends over at Stadia Talk, uh, Eddie Player One, uh, they were doing a bit of a, a conversation uh, post-show. They were talking about the theories and what was coming. And uh, our friend Chase dug out an article from the Washington Post which stated that um, Apex Legends is coming to Steam, Switch and Stadia in the article. Now, they tweeted in the moment to the, the three uh, collaborators on the article at the Washington Post just to get their take on it. And they replied back saying, uh, and, and we can quote from the tweet as well, that's what they were told in the pre, the media pre-briefing. They reached out for clarity to EA, and then EA said that was a mistake, it's not coming to Stadia. And then the, the article was updated and, and redacted. Um I think this leads for me to believe that it 100% is coming to Stadia. I'd imagine we're going to get the the reveal at the Connect, and I think maybe EA may have just slipped up and um, shot the shot their gun a little bit too early on this one. Shall I go get my tinfoil now? Go get your tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, go, go, get, go get your tinfoil. Um, <laughs> but essentially, the 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 at the conference passed. No news of Stadia whatsoever. We know there's another big EA game coming. We know Stadia kind of needs these live-action Battle Royale-esque games to, to come across um, to bring those those kind of casual audiences with them. That's I think Apex fits in that Fortnite, Call of Duty, FIFA kind of world of gaming. And yes, the Washington Post isn't quite the most credible. It's a, it's a blog website. They don't always necessarily focus on games. However, the fact that the writers stated they were briefed this in the EA press briefing... <laughs> And then they've re-clarified that's what they were told. So they've put their back against the wall and said, no, 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 we'll redact it from the article, but we were told in a pre-briefing. Now, you can't tell me that you're going to join a Zoom call, a Skype call, some kind of audio conference for your EA Live gameplay event, and they're going to slip up by saying it's coming to Stadia and then retract into I think it was a mistake. It's intended for the end, the start of next month when we get the Connect. Yeah. They fucked up. They tried to redact it. They've tried to cover it up, but... As with everything on the internet, they've done some sleuthing. Chase and Eddie and them brought it up live in the moment. And, uh, yeah, I think it's guaranteed. I think we're getting Apex. Uh, probably day and date with the Connect. it's going to drop. I, I agree. I think whoever's been doing that press briefing is known that's coming to Stadia. And it slipped up by mentioning it in that briefing, which is at the wrong time to bring it up. And they probably didn't even realise at the time. They probably, when they were just rattling off what platforms was coming to, I was coming to Stadia, Switch, and then probably moved on to the next point. Too many S's. It's just yeah. when you take when you when you consider the fact that they you can't look at it any other way. They were intentionally winding up Stadia fans with the whole 
S's <laughs> at the end of things. And it's it's almost it's almost like um an Easter egg esque reveal in a way, in my opinion. Like that's the way I sort of see it. I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm really trying to be yeah. optimistic because I bloody love Apex. I think, and I think generally the if that is what they're doing, I hope that's what they're doing, that like the teasing, teasing. I think they missed one thing that needed to be in there at the end of the show and goes, see you at the connect. Mm, I, I they don't, don't think need to tell us what's going to be there. And a third party thing. I don't think it's in their best interest to say we'll also be at this other showcase. Yeah, I don't think Microsoft and Sony would be very happy about that in particular. <laughs> but, I mean, they spent the entire thing bigging up Steam and them Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't see any different than that. Look, if Switch yeah. can play Apex, Stadia can play Apex. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, that was the biggest kick, I think. Such a such a, a lower... Like, again, no disrespect to the Switch. I have one. It's amazing. But it doesn't yeah. quite run AAA games at the best fidelity, the best speed, the best graphics, yeah. just on account of its hardware limitations. Um, they've got a very niche market carved out for them, Nintendo. And the fact that they're getting games like this is a massive testament to the, the pull power that Nintendo now have. We remember the Wii U. Nobody third-party supported that bastard. That was just like left out in the cold to die. And it did, deservedly so, because it was a shit console, <laughs> bar a few great exclusives, which have now been ported to Switch. There's no reason to own a Nintendo Wii U at this point, other than as a collector's item. It just um, felt like a bit of a filler, con- filler console, there's, really. There's a couple of games, I think, that are probably there on the Wii U that probably got overlooked. Um... And they've all been part oh, of Switch. Yeah, not all of them. The the good ones have. <laughs> Things like Wind Waker isn't on Switch. Isn't it? Nope. Not was that on so. Wii U? Yes, exclusively um, ported to the Wii U. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a GameCube game, but remade. There you um, go then. For Wii U, should stay on the GameCube. The purple box. Um, but in terms of this, yeah, yeah Tom Tinfoil Hat. Do we think it's coming out the Connect? I I can only be optimistic about it because, again, it's on my list of things I really want to come over. Like, I had so much fun playing PUBG and getting into it with you guys and doing the Content Creators Cup, but I have, like, Apex is on a whole different level for me. It's just, it's, it's up there on a pedestal right now, and if it came to Stadia, yeah, I would be absolutely all over that. It's a free title again. It's just, you know, you get your season passes. There is, you know, the, there are there are cosmetic unlockables and so on for it. It just, again, it fits into that sort of dynamic that we're, we're starting to get more familiar with on Stadia. And I do think, like, making it that much more accessible for people too would be a bloody good move. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the perfect game for the Content Creators Cup round two. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say, so yeah. what you're saying, Tom, is it's episode two, season two of the Content Creators Cup. Watch this space. Watch this space. Um, We're going to watch the Connect first. We do, yeah. we do, we do need to see. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that are uh, are also going to come out, hopefully to uh, Stadium, we know they are, um, we've got the announcement that Crater, the uh, Fortnite-esque inspired Minecraft, create your own world, create your own game game, is uh, coming July 1st is a pro game as promised so one of our pro games confirmed for July is uh, Crater and uh, we've theorised about this but we're all excited because we want to make our own Sounds of Stadia game and uh, we want the community to let us play their games and jump in and uh, basically see what the world of Crater is about uh, both hyped yeah. excited for this one? 
Massively, massively. I think um, there's a couple of things about Crater that I'm really looking forward to. One of them is it's really going to sort of emphasize the the potential of state share, like being able to create a game. And we've seen this showcased in videos where they've said they're going to be launching Crater with the essentially like a, a beta, a soft launch of the state share feature on Stadia. So essentially, you can sit there in Crater and create your own game, create your own levels and so on, and literally just take a URL, like a, a web link, copy it into chat. Like if we're doing a YouTube live uh, stream or a Twitch stream, you could just throw it in there or even on a YouTube recorded video, throw the link in underneath in the description or into chat. And everybody who's watching can then jump straight immediately into the content. And I think that is something to be really, really hyped for because you don't have that anywhere else at the moment. But also the opportunity to being able to have, um, for example, I could be sitting at my desktop computer right now and I could be doing some back-end coding of a, of a game while you guys are actually on the console seeing those changes happen in the same sort of world, really. We can work collaboratively on our own little games and add our own elements, almost create our own individual levels with our own takes on it. Or you can have somebody sitting at a desktop who has far more accessibility to LUA scripts where they can really get behind the scenes of changing and tweaking the mechanics of the game. I think Creator is one to be really excited for because, as I've said before, what better way to get games on Stadia than just create your own damn games? Like, th there's no other way around it, really. Yeah, I 100% agree. The I actually love the concept of these sort of games because I think they are so important for getting the next, inspiring the next game developers. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I remember playing with things like the Age of Empires or the Morrowind editors and stuff. And it's like, they're the sort of things that can really get people to go, actually, I want to do this for a living. My only downside I've created, I hate the aesthetic. I hate that Fortnite look. look. Yeah, I, I do get that. But, um, but it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, what sort of cosmetics we can get in game as well. So just to just to clarify here, we're getting Creator as a free pro game. So that means to everybody who's subscribed to Stadia Pro, we get the title, we get access to it. Um, however, those people who do want to get into Creator but do not want to pay the monthly fee for Pro, you can purchase it. I believe the release price. Uh, is going to be around twenty nine ninety nine. I want to say, and I think that is in US dollars. Not sure how it fully translates across. Right. Um, but I'll there will see. also be uh, there'll be cosmetic packs you can get as well to obviously change the way your characters look. There'll be some some options you can go through. So there will be elements of you know a paid element there, and you've got to respect that because essentially you've got developers who've spent a long time creating a game. And they're saying, well, here you go, you can you can have it. Like this is this is one for you. Um, they've got to make a living somehow. So you know, I respect it. Yeah, I respect yeah, I'll, it. I'll just quickly clarify the pricing. Um, okay. The premium edition, which is the base version of the game, which so calling it the premium edition, quite frankly, is just stupid and misleading. But that side is twenty nine pounds ninety nine, or free okay. on Stadia Pro. The full Dulux edition, which is what you would expect to be called the premium edition is um at £49.99. You can upgrade from the premium to the full Dulux for £19.99. Okay. Okay. So you get your difference. And I assume within that we get yeah. 
cosmetics we may get more additional assets as well yeah. for the game to use as well you, you get more you get more um, in, in stock in game credit right from the start permanent xp boost and some um cos- cosmetics straight up yeah yeah and really just to finalize on that um is it is so accessible like it doesn't matter what level of of coding ability you have or or creativity it is it is so accessible from whether you want to script things or whether you want to actually just take assets like click from a menu and drag a block and just resize it there's so much you can do with it I'm I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things if you've got that kind of creative flair and some sometimes it's a game in itself creating a game. Richie, when you mentioned there about Age of Empires, I have such fond memories of back in the day playing uh, any kind of like RTS style game, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. I remember coming back from Disney World Florida and there's a there's a map on Roller Coaster Tycoon that you need. You have unlimited funds, but the objective's incredibly hard to kind of counterbalance having unlimited money. And uh, I remember coming back from Disney World, bringing back one of the park maps for the Magic Kingdom and using that map as a kind of like guide work frame and recreating it as best as I could in Roller Coaster Tycoon. And I completed the mission for the first time ever in my child using the framework from that map. Um, I remember playing like Age of Mythology and uh, essentially writing my own campaign within Age of Mythology on like pen and paper, scribbling diagrams for fortresses and map layouts. And then making it in that world, and myself and my brother used to play them as though it was like our own homemade campaign using the assets of that game. Um, and it's it's that stuff like that create, creative element that's that's fun in itself if you're that way inclined. And creative just can open the door for just hours and hours of like tweaking and meticulously changing and making something that is your own. It's so good. What's that inspiration? Like it, it, it burns that fire. And that's what I love about things like this. Like there are so many tools out there that have, that have actually resulted in incredible games like RPG Maker that you can get through Steam. That has been, that's gone through so many iterations. It's just a 2D um, framework essentially for creating role-playing games with tons and tons of assets. But there have been some brilliant indie titles that have come and done successful, like massively successfully through through that platform right there. And and hopefully we can get things like that coming through Crater as well. It's sort of like the the next gen version of that. And and yeah, as you say, like if that inspires the youth, like the, the next gamers, the next generation of gamers, if that actually builds up to 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 some sort of um, critical mass, essentially, of being able to get people involved, then I am all for it. Absolutely, I'm with you that's, on that. That's actually why I give them, although I hate the aesthetic, I give them a pass on it because... Mm. They're aiming at the net who are the next generation of game developers that to inspire people to come into the industry. Yeah. So credit to them for that. Hundred percent. I'm I'm really excited to see what the community makes and people reaching out to us and yeah. saying, "Oh, please check out my game," and we can just jump in and then have a play around. So there's yeah. definitely something exciting there for like a live streamer or a community play along, and we'll play your stuff on stream and that kind of stuff. But uh, really, really interested, exciting for that. Um, next up on the dock, we've got uh, some interesting uh, money saving. Uh, points so we've got the premiere edition on stadia kind of got like a stealth price cut uh, out of nowhere it got uh, it got dropped down premiere edition wise so the 119 pound price tag uh, got a drop down to was it 89.99 i think i saw yeah 30 pound price cut which is fantastic 20 20. brings it under the 100 pound max so you get your chromecast ultra and your controller um for such a good price like the chromecast ultra alone um makes it worthy 69 pound 
the yeah. Chromecast yeah. Ultra alone. And uh, stateside, that's $129 down to $99. And in Canada, eh, you've got $169 down to $139.99 for the Premier Edition. So if you're thinking about getting Stadia with all the pro games still, uh, if you listen to the podcast this far in anywhere, you're clearly interested enough. So why not just take that dive? Use some of that lockdown money that you saved and uh, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually very tempted because I've said before, I do want another Chromecast and another controller. So I, I've been looking at the Premier Edition for a little while, but I was, I'm holding off because of other expenses in life mm-hmm. first. In life. I was going to say, yeah, well, even if um, even if you are one of the people who you know, one of the one of the community who is already in Stadia, but you're using a computer, a laptop, or your mobile, or something like that, and you want to get it on the big screen, so you know you can enjoy all your favorite games as if you were playing on a console. Then I, I think now is definitely the time to do it. Like grab yourself the controller and the Chromecast right there, and and just see. I've said before on the podcast, my 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 experience of Stadia has been vastly different between desktop like desktop computer and the chromecast i just think it's so much more optimized for it that it performs incredibly well and that's not that's not me shitting on it in the chrome browser that's me just saying that it is that much better on the chromecast Hmm. and now you can tweak your resolution and everything for like your individual device so that that rollout came with the app update the other week so now yeah when i play on my phone i can have the resolution capped for for uh frame rate and stuff and then on the chromecast you can crank it up with hdr and everything else if you've got a 4k tv so the the options for for, for variation uh, are huge and uh, yeah what better chance to jump in with an amazing price like that um they certainly seem to have doubled down this week on kind of like stealth drops we've got some more pro deals um for games come out very heavily focused on dlc which i think is the first time we've had pro deals kind of lean towards more added content uh, assassin's creed odyssey season pass is down to 12 pound 50 very very tempting for me but i'm going to hold off for now um because i don't know if i'm going to get i'm going to don't know if i'm going to have a time to finish odyssey and then play the dlc again um, did you buy because i bought i know i bought the ultimate edition so i already have it uh i bought the one that was like 12 pound something when it was on a discount deal um i didn't buy the deluxe edition because again i've already played and finished the dlc so i was like yeah is it worth jumping in and buying uh, the ultimate edition is still up for up for grabs on pro 26 pound 40 uh other games borderlands and all the dlc is in there the season pass has dropped down uh it's only got about a nine pound drop off but it's all the season pass included uh, we've seen Ghost Breakpoint get a massive discount on the year pass as well. It's 30-odd pound, so almost 50% off. Uh, Just Dance is inevitably still there at a pro deal. Uh, Reddit Redemption still hanging in there, in my opinion, not a deal. Forty-seven ninety-nine for a game that's over a year old is not not that's a deal, really. the Ultimate Edition, so we should be clarified, that is down yeah, true. £79.99, so it is a significant drop. True. Um, Tomb Raider creeps in there again, Tom. You'd be happy to hear that the original Tomb Raider is sneaking back in at that eight pound price point, and then it'll return to its normal. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come out and say it once again. At what point does a game get reduced permanently? <laughs> yeah, it just, it likes to flow back and forward to make it look like you get. It does. It does. And uh, Trials Rising is in there still with the expansion pass uh, coming in at seven ninety nine for the expansion for that as well. So a couple of decent deals. No, no out and out standout ones. It's similar to what you've alluded to, Tom. It's kind of the same stuff rehashed. When they don't have anything to offer, they kind of just go back to the well of their old games and go, eh, yeah, throw Tomb Raider in there again, throw Trials in there again. Uh, Assassin's Creed seems popular with Valhalla being announced, throw Assassin's Creed in there again. Um, and again, this is the problem with having like a, a smaller library, I suppose. You can't really mix it up. I'm going to make a much. suggestion to the Stadia team for the next sale. 
put pictures of all of the games in a hat, draw some at random, stick them to a dartboard, and then just chuck darts at them, whatever lands, go for it. And each sticks. dart has got a percentage number of how much the drop's going to be. <laughs> Randomise the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> colour-coded darts. This is the 80% dart in blue. Oh, we've got it. It's Tomb Raider again. Oh, I landed on Destiny's newest expansion. Oh, no. And it's on 75% off. Okay. <laughs> if you're playing the game, those are the highs and lows that happen when you play a dart drop-down. Um, okay. In terms of... Uh, We've got a really good question brought in. So Michael, one of our patrons, writes in, just like you can at soundsofstadia.com forward slash... Uh, soundsofstadia.com? No. <laughs> reverse, reverse. Patreon.com forward slash soundsofstadia. And uh, Michael writes in with a, with a question relating to kind of the, the news in general. So things like the this premiere price down. I didn't really see that anywhere. I haven't seen it marketed or advertised. The pro deals, they're kind of focused on the community blog, but do do players out there, all these people who had that two-month free trial, do they know about that? With the EA Play kicking off, and uh, we didn't really touch on it the, uh, in this particular episode, but the IGN Games Fest, the, the, the uh, interview they had with the Ubisoft creator guys and... That was Stadia Showcase at the Game Fest. We didn't know when it was going to be. It was just part of, I think, day five of the Summer Games Fest. It, at IGN Games well, we Fest. Was, we, we were streaming, Chris. Yeah, we when were in happens. the middle of Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and it was like an hour, like two hours in. It was like, oh, Stadia being talked about on IGN. Jumped over, and it was nothing just a developer interview. Like That, that was yeah. it. That's what Stadia, even though from the get-go, they, IGN said Stadia was being involved. That's what we got. Which um, kind of brings Michael's question to life. Michael writes into the show and asks, why do you think Stadia has had such poor advertising? I feel so little is known to the general public. I, don't, I think they've got a weird situation where, the, the, you mentioned the blog post, that's gone through Reddit. If you're not tuned into Reddit's ecosystem, which I actually am not, mm. I don't particularly, I'm not particularly fond of Reddit. If you're not tuned to that ecosystem, you don't see that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost like they're treating it a bit like a like almost like a phone, a big tech launch, where you're gonna walk into for like the Pixel Four XL, you can walk into any high street phone seller and you're gonna see them. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case with Stadia. The, the I don't know. They just seem to not. I don't think I can't really see any real overarching strategy in how they're actually marketing yeah. this product. I mean, like like everything. So going into next gen, PlayStation Five, right? We've seen their slow trickle of news, and it's it's doing gangbusters when they finally do because people are hungry for this information. Um, we saw the reveal event had like more views than more views and likes than like any uh, PlayStation video in history, um, which you would expect with growing numbers. But in terms of marketing, I guarantee you, come this holiday season, every uh, catalog that comes from Argos. Every billboard that centers around like big cities and stuff. Every uh, movie spot before a movie trailer, that kind of golden spot before the big movie begins. Um, every like uh, social media page is going to a game, GameStop, um, electronics boutique, whatever it may be. They're all going to be promoting these platforms tenfold, massively. It's going to be hype going to, like this is the Christmas of gaming. Will Stadia have any presence whatsoever? Am I ever going to see a premiere edition up on a billboard in my local town on the on the motorway heading down to London or something like that? Is it going to be on trains, bus stops, signs? I can't really see it happening yeah. at this point. I just no. I've not other than a couple of YouTube ads and the stuff I the subscribe is, and follow on social media. Yeah. It's non-existent and it's a problem. As Michael alludes to, it does a lot of this comes down to mindshare. Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo don't need to 
bang over your head when the new console is coming because they have that legacy mindshare. People mm-hmm. are already thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Google yeah. do not have that. They need to get it out there into people's heads. What? People don't know what it is. It's that simple. What and they need to do. Google to figure out. What they need to do is they need to sit down. They need to sit down. They need to come up with a strategy. I think, Chris, what you said is very important about billboards, about physical presence somewhere. At the moment, we see YouTube ads. Cannot say I've seen a single TV ad, first of all, personally. Um, I don't see anything like that. We've got YouTube ads. But again, I feel like it's targeted very much towards people who are already in. And that shouldn't be what it is. It should be sort of like opening up and trying to get people who aren't already invested in stadia so we should be seeing the product being sold on its essentially sort of like the the ease of access with it really don't talk about 4k 60 frames per second because that's going to shoot yourself in the foot once again you need to be looking at saying like all of these games can be yours right now if you sign up stadia.com or stadia.google.com or however they want to do it right there's ways that are not necessarily marketing that can help chris you mentioned things like argos catalogs Curry's PC World have a premier edition on a shelf in Curry's PC World so when someone walks into the shop and goes to the staff and asks about gaming they can showcase it, they can go hey, here it is Yeah, again, again, sorry again, I feel like even doing that though, unless people are educated as to what Stadia is you're not going to get that they need to have it showcased they need to show people how convenient it is oh hey look here i've got it on my phone right here's a game i'm playing the game oh do you know what i'll get it on the tv instead whack here's my controller right here's my controller boom stadia login game done that's what they need to show i agree it's i I think it needs to be approached from multiple different avenues to basically Mm -hmm. so people walking down the street you mentioned billboards chris see it Yep. And they see yeah. it, they think about it. Yeah. And then you have all that content on their YouTube channel to explain clearly what it is, how it works, and just showcase it. Yeah. Show it's, it off. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a problem. I think this leans back into the narrative that we're still in this, this so-called beta that we talk about, where I guarantee you the next-gen consoles, when they come out, their marketing is going to be the highest it's ever been for the last five or six years. They are going to go big. They are going to go everywhere. You are going to see Xbox, PlayStation everywhere even switch is going to ramp up because it's a massive seller for kids at christmas all parents like it was one of the, it was sold out practically leading up to last christmas all those three competitors are going to double down on their financing their marketing without a physical presence i would again i know the world's in a weird place right now and we can't freely just walk into shops but if we were to walk now to our local game store game stop game spot in america uh, or your walmart or your asda tesco whatever it may be if I walk into game, I would be very probably right in thinking the only place I'm going to see a premiere edition or a founder's edition is behind the glass cabinets that is basically selling reused tech. There is going to be Chris, no platform, no stand for it. I wouldn't even be surprised if the people working at game didn't even know what Stadia was. And that's a problem. And that is the problem. The, yeah. pro- the problem isn't so much... Perhaps how, perhaps, no, perhaps an element does come from how it's marketed, but also its actual existence. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think the Stadia team or the Google marketing or PR teams are actually aware. And this this is shocking from, from Google, really, because they are a data and ad company at its forefront. But they, they 
it's it's almost as if they don't know how to approach the gaming market they don't know how to target gamers yeah i agree but i've said it's weird because they are they their parent company owns youtube look at the playstation um, event that was on youtube you have that metadata you have it because it's on your platform like use it <laughs> someone needs to dig deep and someone needs to roll out the banners and uh, basically start shouting its praises which is what makes me really think if they are going to look at forward to combating next gen consoles and they're going to come out with I'd like to think Stadia Point 2 Generation 2 with all that improved server blades and such which is going to leapfrog the PS5 and Xbox Series X they need to come out with the tech which they've already proved works I've not had a problem. I've said I've not really ever come across a problem with Stadia in the seven, eight months I've had it now. Amazing. We've streamed it many, many times without without problems. Um, so the tech works. They need to showcase that. But more importantly, they need to get that presence out there. And they need to bang that drum as long as it takes. They need to dig deep and get it into people's mindsets and mindsets before everybody buys the next-gen consoles. And then it doesn't yeah. matter. People have bought them. I'm not going to drop £500 on a PS5. And then look at getting another platform if I've committed to this one. This is the point one where the final needle thought. Tips. One final thought from me. When the price announcements come out for PS5 and Series X, Google need to counter market it. Yeah. They need to literally look at it and go, why would you spend £500? Why would you spend £600 when you can get the exact same games that are coming to these consoles? You just pay for the game. That's what they need. That's something I think they need to look into. Yeah, and this is yeah, something where the, the physical presence needs to happen. I need to be able to walk into my local game store and see some kind of area that has a bright yellow Stadia Cyberpunk's box with a Cyberpunk controller, a digital oh, nice. code inside to redeem the game, and that's it. And then it's priced there, Cyberpunk yeah. £27.7, £120. And then you get what? people then questioning the game staff and saying... Why is that £120 but the PlayStation's 500 and then the game's 60 on top of it and then I might need an additional controller and internet whereas you're saying I can get the same thing on that, that smaller box over there for like four, four, like infinitely less. Yeah. That, that, it well, needs to be there to have that conversation in real life. If you don't have any presence in the shop, mums and dads, kids, no one's talking about it and then it just disappears into the ether of the internet. Which, yeah. you, unfortunately, you can't exist without a physical presence of, of gaming. It needs that. It, the, the market is physical. It's been physical since its existence. Think about it this way. Your mum and dad, you're buying a game for your kid. You, you're not really much on, on the internet. You don't. So you want to walk into a physical shop. You walk into a game in the UK, and you look around, you've got the bright blue wall for PlayStation, the bright green wall for Xbox, the bright red wall for Switch. Stadia needs to be there. In some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. they need to have a section of that store dedicated to their products. Even, I'm even concerned about digital cords, controllers, mm. Chromecasts. You can get physical boxes on shelves there, and they I get just people think, asking um, what it is. While I agree with you in terms of the approach to parents in the holiday season as well, the the one the one other thing I would say is you almost have to be very careful about how you market to the parents as well, because yeah. I'm sure more often than yeah. not we will have received some sort of 
gaming related present from a grandparent or a relative where you just sort of like you you have to show you love it but the reality is they don't know enough about it for it to actually be correct or like when you get a game on the wrong console for example that's probably happened to more than a few of us who you know who are in the community as well that one educate people with as crossplay even EA have now get involved with crossplay so that's getting less important yeah um but you are absolutely Start with right. This. But yeah, but this is where I think having that physical presence. It, you, Chris, you mentioned the people working in the shops, not knowing what the state, potentially not knowing what stadium is. If they've got an entire quarter of their shop dedicated to it, oh Tom, sorry. Um, <laughs> if they've got an entire quarter of their uh, dedicated to it, they kind of need to know because they're going to get asked questions about it. Yeah, and, and then it's on to you putting the pressure onto like the shop owners to train their staff on what this product is. Yeah, and then so they can sell it. Having worked in retail before as well, you just know for a fact that part-timer, 16 hours a week maybe, they only do two shifts, someone comes in and their main focus is, I've been selling PlayStation all week, I've been selling Xbox all week, hell, I have a Nintendo Switch myself, something like that. Someone comes in and goes, what's this steady thing? And they just go, um, I've not been trained on it really, I know, um, I think it's a console, a platform maybe, uh, anyway, look at this Xbox bundle we've got over here that comes with Fortnite and uh, Xbox yeah. money to spend, like... That's the argument. If you're going to lose that much ground on your essentially the only brick and mortar platform for games that's truly out there left anymore, you're fighting a losing battle to start with. So something needs to happen. Something yeah. needs to shift. Um, but more importantly, we need to bring the show to a close, gentlemen, because uh, we're, yeah. we risk going over yet again because there's so much news, so much news with Stadia. Um, uh, so that brings us to the end of the news for this week. Um Bit, bit of a bit of an odd episode. It fl- kind of flicked between hype to predictions to what we want to yeah. see to some to some cre- uh, creative feedback that we've got for the Stadia marketing team. Um, because let's be honest, I don't even know if they exist or not at this moment in time. Um, alas, that brings us to an end of episode uh, thirty nine of the Sounds of Stadia wow. podcast. Yeah. And uh, it's probably fitting at this point we should say, Tom, you are in the middle of a move, so you won't be with us next week. You're, I will um, not now. You're going to be uh, packing yourself up, putting your earphones and your elf ears away, and you're going to be uh, shipping out somewhere new, somewhere exciting, um, which means we have a void to fill. So myself and Richie will be here. Well, that's the plan anyway. I'll say that now. When yeah. <laughs> we will be here, I'd like to think. 2020, you never know. <laughs> you never know what could happen, yeah. Um, Google could snap me up for the marketing team. Ooh, joke. I mean, like in a bag, capture me for talking shit about it, not necessarily recruit me as a marketer. <laughs> um, but next week, we'll be bringing you episode 40 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast with a special guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going to have to stay tuned. So don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel down below, and follow us over on Twitter if you want to know about who we've got on next week's episode. Uh, but thank you for joining me once again, gentlemen, for episode 39 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. My name's been Chris. I've been Tom. I've been Richie. We've been Sounds of Stadia. Thank you very much for watching. Take care, have fun, play games, and see you next week. Unless you're Tom, and then you Bye. won't. Bye. Watch Wave from Wave Break and Tuesday. Came back. Watch Wavebreak on Tuesday, our exclusive live reveal let's play of Wavebreak. First time we've ever came back from a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>